Hello, welcome to episode 57 of Fang and the Bang with Gangrel and uh, I guess Raymond over there in the corner. Soon though, soon, I keep saying this because I know everybody's tired of listening to me by myself or Raymond in the shadows, but uh, I believe I found someone who's going to come in there and sit in that chair. Uh, we've had him in here before, he's from uh, uh, Chile, 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 wherever, but um, I'm going to reach back out to him, um, but I know he's offered to come in, Mr. Ariel Levy, do you remember Ariel being in here? Yeah. Yeah, he did 44 movies. He's a bigger wrestling fan than you, I'm not even sure you're a wrestling fan anymore. Oh, wow. Well, he knows more about <laughs> myself than I know about myself, so um, I'm going to reach back out to him actually today when we get out of here, and uh, I believe next week or next time we're on here, episode 58, there's Anna, my former uh, texting me, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Nobody hangs with me, Raymond. I think I think I got some bo or I got some uh, issues. Um, I just had a random idea. You remember, what, she's texting me pictures. She's stealing her mom's clothes. What's up with that? Like, <laughs> yeah. She's maturing. Uh, no, maturing, taking her mom's clothes. LOL, Anna. I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> you ever seen a show like Love of Hip Hop with Flavor Flav? Yeah, what's up with that? I like Flavor Flav. I know Flavor Flav. What if we did like a a tournament audition for like a co-host? And we let the fans choose. That's too much. You ain't going around hunting people to bring them in here <laughs> no. and, and trying to like hunt people down and audition people. Like, whatever, man. Episode 57. <laughs> What's today's date, Raymond? It is the 18th. 17th. 16th. It is August 16th. Oh, it's August 16th. It's it is August ahead. 16th. So how many? Uh, August 16th, 98 was is when I debuted in WWE on a Sunday night. How many years ago is that? 24. Are you sure? Because you thought that it was the seventies. It was twenty-four years ago. Yeah, against Young Scotty Too Hotty. Um, do you remember my debut in the leather jacket? Yes. Yes, I do. How many times did I wear the leather jacket? One. Just one. Yeah. Just one. How do you know that? <laughs> you spoke about it on here. Oh, oh, we spoke about it. I don't need to talk about you it. Get, again. No, you didn't get into detail about in the detail, debut. <laughs> you just I'll, remember that leather jacket. Yeah, man. I'll, how fast time flies, 24 years. So I went from a leather jacket one day, uh, one one show against Scotty Too Hottie. So they said, get rid of the leather jacket and to just the white puffy shirt. And uh, then eventually, that's all that changed, I think, to the puffy shirt. The chalice got a little bit smaller, but that was good. But um, I was thinking back, 24 years, uh, man, time really flies. Um, shoo, they called me on a Friday, uh, a Friday afternoon, like, so... I guess I gotta go run back to where I'm gonna get to with this story, but um, um, I had a tryout for WWE. Uh, they sent me to the Funkin' Dojo, uh, Dory Funk. So you'd go there like, I believe it was like two weeks. Maybe it was a week, but I think it was two weeks or a week and a half. Uh, you, they'd fly you into Stanford, Connecticut. They'd put you in like a Holiday Inn or something like that. I believe I had to share a room. Maybe it was with the, uh, gosh, I can't remember who I shared the room. Uh, he passed away now. I can't think of who it was. Oh my goodness! Bad uh, on me. Um, but uh, with there, I, I did the dojo and all that, and then um, then I went to uh, right from there, I went to all Japan for a week. And uh, so when I did that dojo, like I, I remember they had me come in on my lunch breaks and give different people tryouts, like Eric Watts, Dan Severn. They wanted to look at. Um, and then the whole week and a half or two weeks that I was there, they'd ask me, what do you think about Andrew Martin Test, who they ended up hiring, or, or, or Matt Bloom, who now runs like the whole NXT down there, or up there in Orlando, up there from here, uh, down for most people. But in Orlando, uh, they were just asking me about all these random people, what did I think about, think they'd work good with the company, this and that, but they never asked me about myself. They I never once said, 
hey, do you want to work here? Do you want to do anything? <laughs> Nor did I ever. I, I didn't say I wanted to work there, but being at the tryout, I would assume I showed that I wanted to be there, <laughs> you know, or or, or in, at the dojo, or whatever the camp. Um, so I I, I, um, I did all that, and then the, the biggest thing I took from that, pride wise, was um, Dory Funk knew I was going to Japan. He put a e- email out on like a message board, and, and it said subject David Heath and hard work, and he he. he Put in this thing how I was the first one up to the ring, last one to leave the ring, first one in at, at the at the uh, the camp, and last one to leave daily. Uh, that the Japanese people should be very happy with me. So like that was the only thing I heard positive out of there. I didn't hear like you did a great job, kid. So you know, Dory, but uh, just that I worked really hard and stuff. Mm-hmm. And but that was a big honor to to for Dory Funk to put that out there in the public on a message board for Japan and stuff like that. Then I went over to All Japan and. Uh, I was over there about a week, and uh, they told me that you know I would only be in uh, like uh, opening matches, the second match. Not to get my hopes up. This was John Laurinaitis, you know, he's the one that brought me up. And uh, but whatever, I was just really grateful to get back over to All Japan. You know, I started in All Japan as the Black Cars, did two tours, and then uh, had a falling out with my partner, and then did. <laughs> dozens of tours of IWA or whatnot with the new partner or as a vampire warrior and stuff, which, you know, you've heard the karate stories and all different things throughout time about that journey. But then we're back here to 98 now, so I'm going back to all Japan. It's just David Heath or Dave Heath, I think they call me. Um, just trunks and boots. Had, had little abs and some, you know, was in shape and working hard. So I go I go there uh, a little let down that I never heard anything like, about me from WWF at the time, or WWE now, but, um, you know, and they asked me about it, like, my phone is just blowing up there, Raymond. Um, so, uh, but I was super pumped to go back to Japan, uh, for all Japan, and, and, and to prove myself again. So I, I go over there, I'm there about a week, week and a half in, and uh, Johnny Ace comes up to me and says, ah, oh, I got some good news and, uh, but, and some bad news, you know. In a sense, it was just good news all the way around, but like, he says, Giant Baba wants to offer you your contract the tag with Bobby Duncan Jr. over there and have a run for the all-Asian straps and stuff like that. He said, but WWE has a contract waiting on you too uh, <laughs> at home, which, which turns out wasn't necessarily the truth, but uh, maybe not, on, I don't know, maybe somebody lied to him or I, I don't know, but uh, but I had to make a decision because I had to let Mr. Baba know or, or let them know what was going on. And, uh, so that was a tough one. Uh, I really wanted to stay in all Japan, but Luna at the time was in WWF, and uh, okay. so she was heavily persuading me, like, "Oh, you need to come here. You need to come here." Which I think now, twenty-four years later, and I'm still wrestling this gang girl, was probably the right choice, you know. Um, but at that time, I just really uh, wanted to prove something. I wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to stay in Japan. Like I really loved all Japan. I, I mean, I started out there. It didn't go the greatest. Uh, I was very inexperienced, very green. Didn't didn't belong there um very young uh but now i felt i was ready and and then i then they they showed me that by offering me like a contract a week or a week and a half in on the tour when i was just when i was getting ready to say i was just only supposed to be um opening match or like second match really low on the car but what happened was uh somebody's flight didn't make it a lot like wwe when i got the tryout to end up in the camp um was brian christopher's flight didn't make it but in japan somebody was late coming in for the trip so i filled in in the in the, in the semi-main in a tag match and uh man i didn't leave leave that spot <laughs> that whole trip pretty much i stayed right there and, and then earned a spot got offered a job so um 
things worked out great. I was high on life, super happy, super stoked to be back in Japan and everything going good. It was just a dream come true. And at the same time, WWE said they had a contract, or WWF at the time, and I had to make a choice. So um, going back and forth on the phone for like weeks and weeks on end uh, with uh, Luna, like, oh, I'm telling her, you know, I said, I really just want to stay in Japan. She goes, you got to think long term, come come be with me, you know, TV in the States, you know, whatever. The conversation went out on her end that I ended up going to, uh, I told Johnny Ace that I was going to go with WWE. And this was the last tour that Steve Williams was on too, so like, you know. Uh, Dr. Death, he you know he was leaving all Japan, and it turns out Johnny Ace left all Japan at the same time because he was a liaison. So there's a whole lot of uh, John Laurinaitis, y'all might know him as a whole lot of shadiness going on on his end. He was like jumping ship too, so like uh, ended up all three of us ended up going over to WWE. But um, so I just they told Mr. Bob I was gonna go, and you know I finished my tour out, and it was a great tour and um, uh, awesome tour. And then um, I head uh, I head home and. Uh, I'm looking for this contract that they told me was waiting on me in the mail. They said, oh, it's been mailed to you. It was no contract mailed to me. <laughs> there was no meetings. It was No, it was bullshit or something. It, like, it put me on the spot to give an answer, I think, because Mr. Bob wanted an answer. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> they did want me, they, they, but there was no contract. And then they tried to get me to sign a developmental thing, this and this and that. But whatever. Um, I'm not even sure I even signed it at first. I'm pretty sure that I didn't sign it. They sent me something. I went home, they told me that, um, well, we're not gonna use you for like a year. You're gonna just sit home and do nothing. I'm, I'm like, what? And then like, in the process of me, I hadn't signed a contract yet. In the process of all this, I was only home a week and Vince Russo called. And now, and then I gotta rewind you back to a time before I tell you what this is. Uh, prior to being in this dojo or even being sent to this dojo, Vince McMahon himself came to me and I, I said vampire feet permanently bonded in fangs and. I had like a mohawk, and, and it was a little bit heavier uh, than what I was in 98. And he said, lose the weight, get rid of the fangs, and grow some hair, and, and we'll give you a job. And, and true, to, true, to, true to the fact, I did all that, and they, he saw me in Anaheim wrestling Takamichinuko on a house show, uh, filling in for Brian Christopher, whose flight didn't make it. And I did that in Paler DDT, and the whole building popped, and they said Vince just happened to be walking by and looked and said, who's in the ring? And they, they go, David. And he goes, send him to the camp, <laughs> just like that. That's how I got sent to the camp. And then, um, so I did all that time in the camp. They didn't tell me anything. They just asked me about everybody else. I gave other people tryouts, this and this and that, and then nothing. And I went to all Japan. Boom, I got offered a deal there. And then Johnny Laurinaitis, Johnny A said they had a deal here. So I ended up telling them all Japan that I was gonna go home. All right, we're caught up now, go home. And I was gonna sign with the uh, WWS, but then there wasn't really a contract there, and then it wasn't really even, it was a developmental. But so I'm sitting home. Now I've committed to this, I haven't signed it. But then uh, they gave Vince Russo a little bit of control. And, and now with Vince McMahon saying he would never use a vampire thing, this was a weird phone call for me because Vince Russo goes, Hey, hey, bro, can you still <laughs> do the vampire gimmick? I go, uh, I don't have that fangs, but I said, Sure. But I didn't know, this was like a Friday night. He's like, okay, I'll see you TV on Sunday. I'm like, what? What? Like, two days. Yeah, two days. So they came up with all that entrance, that music, that stage, the fire. I came up with the wardrobe, everything you've seen on, on that Sunday night heat uh, from a Friday night to a Sunday. Like, really Saturday <laughs> because it had to be done before I ever flew out. I flew out Saturday. So one, two TV. So, like, Friday night and Saturday morning, I was scrambling. And Saturday afternoon, I flew out. Uh, 
So I ran right to Hot Topics. <laughs> what would a good vampire do back then? It wasn't mainstream back then. It had, they had really cool stuff. Now it's just garbage. But um, to me, it is. It's not as cool as it used to be. It might still be cool to like, the newer generation, but it's not the same. Uh, even though I do have a shirt in there, you can find MLW's merchandise in there and Gangrel. You know, I, have oh, a yeah? I have a shirt in Hot Topics. Like two I weeks ago, three weeks ago. What's that? They dropped it like about three weeks ago, right? Yeah, they dropped it, but um, you know, I, I didn't sign anything. I didn't tell them they could put my shirt in Hot Topics, but 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 it's but it's in there. But I, I might have to go buy and buy my own shirt at the retail price. I can't even get one. I don't know what's <laughs> going on? Uh, then they reached out to me and said they want to do action figures. I go, I didn't sign a deal on that either. We got to talk about that. <laughs> like so, yeah, but they have a collection of action figures coming out with the MLW people, which is very cool for MLW and a lot of guys that don't have, uh, never had an opportunity to have an action figure i was very blessed that i have a few of them and very very cool very cool opportunity for a lot of people um but um so rewind back i i run out the hot topics i figure out some things uh i run there's a hot topics and, and back then next to every hot topics right next door to hot topics was the journeys I don't um, remember Journey Shoes though. It's still so, so it's still like that. <laughs> like, it's still just like that. So I went from Hot Topics and the Journeys to find some shoes, some boots, because I want uh be different. So I found the new rocks that I wore, but I didn't get to change the bottoms on them because it, this is like a Friday night, like like last second, because they called me on Friday afternoon. So they still had the thick sole on them and stuff. You know how the new rocks have big thick soles. The rubber soles. Yeah, big ones. So uh so I throw all that together, I fly out, and, and uh, Sunday we're there at the TV, and they're like, oh, we got this cool entrance, we got to do a walkthrough, what's the elevator, they come up through the fire and everything. So uh, that was, what, 24 years ago today, huh? When you first seen that entrance, like... Well, I didn't first see it because I was in it. I had to do it first, then see it. Like, I, I didn't get to see anything because they just had me do a, a dry run, and then I did the show. So I went up the elevator once. The next time I went up it, it was showtime. Like two hours later, like when the show kicked off. So yeah, no I, time to process any of this. No, 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 nothing. Like it's just like boom. And I remember getting in there to do the first dry run, and uh, and it, everybody tells me I'm crazy, and I know I covered this. <laughs> I covered this here. As soon as I hear the music hit, I go ah, because they asked me what what did I picture my music. This was on a Friday evening too. What did I picture my music being? And I go, well, I don't know. I, I said I really dig this song. Uh, the Toadies, uh, Possum Kingdom. And they're like, oh, cool. So Possum Kingdom, if you ever listen to it, it, it almost has that whispering, like back masking sound that mine has. And then, um, then you know, when it kicks in, and it's got a really good rip to it and everything. So as soon as I heard the music kick, I go, oh, that, they took it from Possum Kingdom, but nobody hears it but me. I don't know why I'm the only one that hears it, but I'm telling you, they just slowed down guitar riffs and sped stuff up and changed it around. But I'm telling you, I hear Possum Kingdom in that entrance. Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but like I'm telling you, I gave them that music. As soon as I was in that, the hole of that pit, the pit of hell, the raise up to come into the world of hell, you know. Um, I heard that, but but so we'll get to that entrance. So we do the dry rehearsal, and uh, it comes up, and they go, "It's an elevator. It's a scissor lift. This is going to have a little shimmy." And then it comes up, and then no lock, and then you got to go. Well, I did the dry rehearsal. There, there was some fire and everything, but it wasn't quite as big. The arena was lit. It wasn't dark and everything. So, boom, I come up. I could feel it shimmy. I walk, I walk through the fire. I walk down and walk down the ramp and do the blood thing and stuff. I didn't spray it or anything, but uh, <clears throat> just walk through it. Then that was it for the, that, that, that rehearsal. It was one, one and done. And uh, 
then comes showtime and that's a whole different animal you know like there's people in the arena it's full of people uh and then I, it's not like they did later when i would come out or today even on shows where they pop right away it was like they were like just staring like what is this this guy because you know the fire starts up you know i'm coming up the elevator so i'm riding up the elevator and i, I start seeing the people but there, there's no like ah oh, it's just like they're like looking like what <laughs> like you know and then um I'm, i think scotty may have already been in the ring um yeah he was so i i come up and i'm waiting to feel that shift in the elevator so i can feel the next one lock and then go so with all my nerves and the fire, the flames being even higher and the arena dark and all the people, I thought I felt the shift. So I go slide to walk. I go turn to come off stage left, you know, uh, house left, stage right. Well, the stage left, house right. So I go to left to walk across the fire and then, ooh, I can't go. The elevator hadn't shifted yet. It, there was still a gap in the elevator, like, like not a foot, but like six inches, enough to fit that boot in there, my boot. And my boots slid right in between the stage and that elevator lift and locked. And it was crushing my toes. And I was stepped over and I couldn't pull my foot, my left foot. And the fire was coming up. So I'm holding my chalice. Come on, palms on my fire. My foot, my foot. You know, and this is like your debut moment. So you couldn't have told me, you know, it was taped. But in my head, it's live, you know. So I'm thinking the whole world is seeing this. And this is how the debut goes down. My foot uh -huh. my foot stuck between the elevator and the stage. And I'm, in, I'm catching, I'm burning up on fire. The flames are coming up <laughs> around me. And I'm like pointing at my feet. Ah! It looks like I'm pointing at my balls because the fire is up in my crotch. And um, they, they back it down. I get my foot out. I get up to the ramp. And then I, like, I'm not supposed to smile. They didn't want me to smile. But I smile anyways, even though... My foot's crushed. And then uh, I go to walk down the ramp. And, and and I've explained this on other things, but here's where the walk came from. It's because my foot was crushed. If I didn't, if I would had wrestling boots on, I probably would have lost my toes. But because I had those thick soles on and stuff still, I, I had a lot of cushioning in there. My feet, my foot was black for months. My toes. For months? Yeah. yeah. So when I went to go down the ramp, I had a limp my foot. I was like, oh. So that's where that swag came from, that little walk that I have. Because I was walking on a grizzled foot, like my foot was crushed on that ramp. So, um, everybody goes, Oh, that's a cool walk you got, that's a cool <laughs> swag you got. Little did they know, that's, that's a broken ass foot walk. <laughs> like, yeah. well, my foot was crushed, and um, I walked down there and did my thing. And then, uh, the rest is history 24 later. So, I, I never, I never looked back. Um, but yeah, um, then from that point on, I had the black jacket that night. They, they, they said, Lose the jacket, and I think the black jacket I wanted. Not so much a puffy shirt, but they wanted the puffy shirt, which which it worked at the time for yeah. me. I don't think it worked so good for Christian. He went from a white one to a black one because he's a smaller guy, so the shirt uh, kind of made him look smaller. But on me, it kind of I was I was in shape then. I, I mean, I had I, I wasn't heavy then or anything. I was two twenty eight, but but it, it still was more flattering. It looked for my body type and stuff, the way it flowed and everything. What's but, the um, blood? It looked dope on the white shirt. With the blood spraying yeah. and it's iconic. Yeah, I just um I don't wear the white shirts now because they don't make them the same. I got them from Hot Topics. They were uh, a morbid threads or morbid shirts, uh, but they've changed the style of them. They don't make them the same. They don't fit the same. Uh, to get a extra large, you got to order like a three X. <laughs> sizes have changed. Wherever they're making them, I don't know. Uh, so it's very hard to wear them, and then they they're they're forty bucks a pop, and they're crappy ones. So, um, you know, I tell promoters all the time: if you want the white shirt, you find it. Even if it's a crappy one, I'll wear it, sign it, and leave it with you. But I, I'm just not gonna hunt down, spend that money to ruin it in one show, and go on and not be happy in that shirt. So I, I wear black now. But um, well, a lot of things things evolve, and that's where I went with that. But that that's hard to believe that that was 
24 years ago, sticking my foot in an elevator and catching my balls on fire, walking down the ramp, like, beating up poor, poor Scotty. So on top of everything else, I wasn't, uh, I was bad as, as bad back then as I am now about not watching the product. And um, so like, I didn't realize Scotty had this whole routine with the worm and the shh, whew, swoosh, doomsday that he did. Mm-hmm. He went to go do his thing and I just cut him off and <laughs> <laughs> DDT'd him. Like, I felt so bad later, you know. Because uh, Scotty is a great guy, Scotty Duhati. He's out there killing it right now. Dude. You know, he's he's torn. Most of his time has been in the UK lately, but uh, Scotty Duhati, man. So, so I'd like to thank you, Scotty, for that first match and being so patient with me and uh, me having on boots with heel, you know, thick boots and just, just squeezing into some. Some uh, Hot Topics suede, I think they're black I had on that time. I wore black, blue, and purple, but I think it was black that day. And uh, the white puffy shirt and the whole, whole, whole work and the whole vampire gangrel thing out. The gangrel part of it. I had been working as a vampire warrior for a while, but like the working that whole gangrel stuff out. But hard to believe today, August 16th, uh, 2022, 2022, but that was in 1998. How, how, how much time flies and. I'm still 24 years. Um, 24 years. I'm still blessed to uh, be in a ring um, pretty much seven days a week, uh, running a wrestling school Monday through Thursday, and uh, wrestling Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, this weekend, I'm supposed to be in Panama, but it looks like I may have a weekend off, unless I tiptoe around CCW and sneak into the Kumatai. Because I'm a Kumatai? Yeah, like blood sport, right? So get this CCW, <laughs> I, I think they only got like, I don't even know if they have any tickets left. It's the 20th, this Saturday. They're taking the ropes down off the ring, right? And just putting a steel cage up on the ring. And it, it just every match is a gimmick match, like a kendo stick match. or Like uh, an extreme rule. Well, yeah, it's just every match is some kind of extreme rule. It's not death matches or anything like that. But 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 just cool different uh, stipulations. Everything's stipulation match. But no ropes in a cage. And they <laughs> call it like Kumata, I guess, like Bloodsport. And uh, you watch Bloodsport? No. <laughs> so I could be pronouncing it wrong. It could be Kumite or Kumatai. Akuna Matata. What's that? Akuna Matata. Do what? Akuna Matata. What'd you call me? <laughs> Akun. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Kumatai. Whatever. <laughs> August 20th. CCW. Pompano Beach, Florida. Be there. Ah, Kumatai live. Uh, yeah, I think it sold out. Uh, I think they had like 10 tickets left last night. So... Maybe, uh, probably the time you hear this podcast, it's either be the time that a show's going on right now or whatever. But I may try to sneak in there and see if I can. I, I know they might have a, do a, blood bath a multi-tag match. I might. I don't know what to do. I've never. I don't have weekends off very often. And then Susan and Anna are both going out of town. Anna. Anna's going to be doing Mission Pro out there in um, not El Paso. Is it El Paso or San Antonio? Out in San Antonio. So. And then I fly out Wednesday to the Bay Area because I got uh, Wrestling for Autism with Joey Gaten out there, TMD. And then I uh, got a seminar on Saturday morning. going to go to Yankees-Oakland game. Yankees-Oakland game Friday night. And then uh, Saturday night with Icebox, Tony, and Maria out there, uh, Stars of Wrestling, which which uh, got the uh, Hall of Fame. I'll be back out there for that for that show, Stars of Wrestling at Alameda Point, at the Alameda Point Gym uh, in Alameda on uh, Saturday night. So... Uh, I might. I don't know if I should just take this weekend off and keep low and hide, or should I just show up and put on some uh, blue jeans and say I want to be in the. I want to be in one of those stipulation matches. Think you should just show up. 
Just wreck havoc. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, maybe I'll just run in on yeah. every match, climbing over the cage. <laughs> they better have a cage door. I'm not climbing in and over any cages. They got to have a cage door. But uh, I know Wednesday, uh, today's Tuesday, so Wednesday they're going to be in there setting the cage up and locking it in. So uh, got to get the classes going tonight and tomorrow early before they, they come in there and lock it down for the for the, for the the event uh, this Saturday. Look at uh, a lot of the kids, uh, young talents, looking forward to it. I don't think they know what they're into um, or in for. Um, but the fans seem to be uh, looking eager to see something different. Yeah, um, so see what happens. I mean, but this. Um, oh man, I almost drank my coffee backwards right now. But going back to to the debut, I mean, it just goes to show being always being ready at the right time. I mean, there's you know how some people wait for the right time. Right. But you seem to be always there at the right. The well, because I wasn't all the time though. I, I was ready then, uh -huh. and but prior to that, I was never ready. But I, I happened to be ready thin and then um but later when injuries came and they left me home i would uh i gain weight back or fluctuate I'd, I'd start not being so strict on diets and and then they they called one time and said hey we uh, need you a tv and i, I said oh okay uh, let me go uh 10 real quick and try to drop some weight and then i didn't hear from them like so that wasn't the right thing to say not being ready so you do gotta always stay ready so now i i do stay ready now from just because of that one thing and then they didn't call back, and like I didn't lose a job or anything like that. But they, I, whatever they were thinking of, they were like, oh, they, they passed on it because I didn't sound like I was ready in my own head. Which, so now you know, uh, the six P's. I, I live by the six P's: proper planning prevents piss poor performance. So, I, I stay constantly ready and on point. I mean, it might not look like it, but I try to stay tan, pired up, tan. <laughs> can't can't. Uh, I, I battle weight. That's it's, it's gonna be a battle the rest of my life. But. Uh, Physically and in the ring, actively, uh, Russ never sleeps. So um, when I'm running those classes, I'll get in the ring too, and, and uh, you know, work. Just keep the body moving. So you, you do got to be ready and on point all the time. So yeah, that's very important, Raymond. Yeah, you always got to be ready, man. Got to stay ready. You know, it's not. They say it's not just an attitude. It's a lifestyle. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's a lifestyle, and that's true. Pro wrestling has no seasons like football. Oh God, you see how poor. Oh, what is his name? Oh, Marshall <laughs> Lynch. Seattle. Never mind. That's another thing. No. Uh, a lot of these NFL players have been going off the hook lately, getting in trouble, like DUIs and stuff like that. But um, but like the, a football season, you have a season. Uh, UFC fighters. I, I, I you have a time in between. Time in between fights. Boxers have. Time. Oh, I thought you said break. I was drinking coffee. So what do you say, no? Oh, time between. Yeah, they have a break. Oh yeah, no. I thought you said break. I was gonna take a break. Okay, whatever. No, no. I thought maybe the cameras got hot or something, something crazy or something no, like yeah, that. Yeah, breaking between fights. I was ready to leave too. I was gonna say, all right, I'm out of here. I don't even smoke, but I'll go outside. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, they have time off between fights. They'll train for three months, you know, for a fight, and they'll take a couple weeks off after one. Wrestling, you're on TV every day. Uh, you, you gotta be ready. You, you, you have no, there's no season. It, it's 24 7. Want some, get some, bad enough, take some. You're all in, or you're, or you're all out in professional wrestling. And, uh, wow, it's so good to say professional wrestling, not worrying, like, oh, <laughs> did I piss Vince off or something? <laughs> like, they they it, used it in a promo yesterday. Drew McIntyre. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. So I don't care if you're a sports entertainer or, or superstar. It's like, I'm, we're pro wrestlers and we're here to wrestle. Oh, well, I'm glad you saw it. I only saw the uh, opening of the show. Which was uh, uh, the, the the thing I was so looking forward to Judgment Day, and now like I could care less if I see it. I mean, I still like Damian Priest. I think he stands out, but like, it, it's just not the same without Edge. I, uh, 
his promos carried it. it you know, his ability to talk and um, and and emerge himself into that character. Like and uh, now they just like it, they remind me of me. Like when I hear my old promos, how like I just was clueless about how to deliver this promo or how to get something across. I, I just I was struggling. And it feels like. Seems like they're struggling. It doesn't seem so natural to me. And uh, but Damian Priest, I still think is the closest. And I love Damian Priest, and uh, I just love Damian Priest. But I just think they need. Um, they, it's just missing something without Edge. There, you know. I, I know that they're feuding Edge. I don't know. Maybe I'm praying for a big swerve, and he turns it back around, and they turn, and maybe Edge cripples the Mysterios. I don't know. <laughs> like, or there, and then I see Judgment Day and Edge against Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know, I'm still calling him. Still, still calling him. See it. I see him as a backstage figure. No, I want to see him go out against Taker. WrestleMania. <laughs> I want to see him beat that. Taker too. No. Oh yeah. I want to see Randy Orton come back and as a dark character. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Bray Wyatt will probably pop back up. People like you'll talk about it one week and it gets quiet. You talk about it one week, it gets quiet. So uh, I believe he's gonna pop back up. So. Going back to all your own. Um, your debuts and everything is right on coffee right is is anything ever long-term plan in wrestling or is is everything like sporadic i was sporadic because i was vince russo um uh but but the bigger angles back then they were all long-term they, they knew where they were going okay one wrestlemania as it wrapped up they knew where they were already going the next wrestlemania so no they were long-term three months at the shortest you know things change of course Injuries, or somebody fails a drug test, or whatever, some some violations or uh, punishments or something like that. Sometimes things change, but they pretty much know where they're going. Like they did then. Now I don't know. <laughs> I, if I watch AEW, I, I'm so confused. I, I start seeing one person and understanding what they're doing, and then they're gone again, and then somebody else will be there, and then I'll start trying to figure that out, and then they're gone again. It's just really hard to uh, follow. Really hard to follow, sort of WWE. Good or bad, they were really good at telling stories and putting package video packages together. So you could follow it even if you didn't, even if you just turned on the pay per view and watched it a little bit prior that day, <laughs> you would know what's going on. You didn't have to watch it. You could just turn it on early that day and watch the pre show or the packaging and stuff and know exactly where they're going. They, they definitely know how to tell you a story and keep you on track there. But uh, again, uh, I'm still looking for Hunter to shake things up. I don't think he shook it up yet. Uh, um, still kind of the same a little bit i mean he has some surprises with dexter we talked about that i think and mm -hmm. uh karen cross coming back and stuff like that but i really think they need to shake something up again here so we'll see what happens but i'm still looking forward to it i think it's, it's gonna happen it's probably a lot on him mentally too because his wife has a new role and his father-in-law is still in the middle of something so yeah. it's probably yeah. not it's time for him to shine man yeah. he can do it he's a former wrestler and he came up under Vince, so he knows what he needs. He knows what it takes. Uh, he likes wrestlers, so guys that can actually wrestle are going to have a chance. Uh, you know, it's, won't always, it's not going to necessarily be just all big guys. You know, Vince is going to want a big guys that look a certain way, either good looking or scary, whatever. But uh, uh, Hunter is going to be more, more lenient to like guys. He might like big guys too, but he's also going to. Like guys that have talent and they can actually wrestle and mm -hmm. you know how to mix and, and and get the best out of them, in that sense. So, really looking forward to what's going to happen there. Dude. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Um, what I'm looking for, but I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. 
Do you think um he should or is he's gonna have a last official match, like a retirement match? Who? Triple H. I thought he was done. I thought he left his boots in the ring. But it, well, in, well, what, what, what? in my head, it wasn't a proper send off. A lot of people says it, it is what it is. <laughs> like, right? Then yeah, what was it? His heart or something with his yeah. heart, right? Yeah. No, you can't mess with your heart, man. True. You can't mess with your heart. You get but, out there. He's got kids, beautiful kids. He's got a company to run. He's got stuff. He's still heavily involved in wrestling. He may miss being in the ring a little bit, but uh, I think he's so damn busy, he probably doesn't have time to miss being in the ring, you know. Um, he can live through all the young guys. He goes out and finds great talent and grooms them and pushes them. You, you, you live through that, you know, and uh, you can still get the same high in the rush. I, I realized that in the wrestling school. Uh, when each one comes in and I, I see somebody doing great uh, and they go out there and they nail a match or you give them something, a finish or some direction, and they, they put it into play and they nail it. It's it's just like you nailing it. it, it you live through them, that energy, man. You don't. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna have to necessarily keep wrestling forever if I keep training because I can live through all, all the other guys. I just just don't want to go through all the hurt again, like their ups and downs. You know, all, all the heartaches. So I try to save them the heartaches by uh, not shortcutting them, but smarting him up to the dangers in the road and different things that I had to go through but yeah nah he's, he'll be alright he'll be alright so what else you got going you got Pandora's phone box today or anything yeah yeah of course um <laughs> what yeah ah, it's about time for that Pandora's uh, is the phone or the box I know you wanted to talk about uh, you don't have it up there some Wrestle Kingdom or uh <laughs> no. Clash at the Cardiff or uh Castle Grounds, what was it? Castlemania? What is Clash, it? Clash at the Castle. Clash at the Castle. C A C. Yes. Cauliflower Erie uh, Club. No. What? Clash at <laughs> Cauliflower Erie. C A C. Yes. It's Clash a at the Castle. Premium live event. What? They, they don't call it pay per views anymore. It's a premium live event. All right, pay per view. <laughs> and uh, well, premium because they don't charge. Because if you have the yeah. network, you get it for free, anymore. or you don't get it for free, but you get it for whatever year. Yeah, it's not that. technically a pay per view. Oh, whatever. So it's in Cardiff, Wales, which is a beautiful place. Uh, St David's is a great resort. Stayed there a few times. Had a great time. A lot of good times in Cardiff. Um, I don't think I wrestled any big stadiums or anything in Cardiff. I've wrestled there, but I, I think they were in smaller venues. I don't think it was for WWE or anything like that. It might have been. It might have been WWA, actually, World Wrestling All-Stars or whatever that was. Andrew McManus, whatever that company was called. Um, Wrestling All-Stars. Uh, but, no, I've done some, some not not huge, huge stadiums there, but I've been in Cardiff. It's an amazing place. So what's, what's on the card? What's going on with that card? Well, the main event is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. All right, so they're going to beat Drew in this Cardiff, Wales. He's well, kind of close to Scotland up there. <laughs> you don't think he's going to... Defeat Roman to become the undisputed. You know, I, I don't you know. know why Roman leaving or something. I miss him. No, memo? Well, not I that know. I know of. I don't know. He's gonna. I don't know. I, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe, why you think so? No. Well, okay. But, then why but, you asking me? <laughs> like, but I just don't think it'll be a, a clean finish. I don't, think. I don't know what to think because I haven't really followed uh, this. Like, so you're saying that they're doing this for for uh mostly for the UK fans because they don't get WrestleMania is that what you're saying? Yeah, they don't they don't they haven't got a pay-per-view in a while and they they haven't gotten they've never gotten WrestleMania. They used to get them all the time. We we what, what was it? Like uh was it in your house or No Mercy or something like that? One of those pay-per-views. I know we we would do it in London on a Sunday and and finish it 
and then get on a they'd have private planes like uh jets private jets just and mm -hmm. we'd jump on that and fly all the way back to new york city for a roll on monday that was, that was crazy so they used to get pay-per-views <laughs> and stuff like that but it was uh that's some wild times good times and but drinking on those planes and stuff there was no plane flights from hell because like but but could have been potentials for stuff like that then but um no, that's cool. So what else is on the card? Yeah, I'm curious to hear the card. Um, now. What's the card? It's not fully. It's not even fully out yet. But but when is this? Is September third. Yeah. Okay, that's two weeks away. This is the 16th. They've already sold over sixty five thousand tickets. Well, good so. for them because they don't get much over there in big events. <laughs> so I feel like the fans. They don't, don't they have AEW in Wembley or something coming up? Or at Thrash Stadium or, or where is AEW? That was. Aren't they? Are, they already happened. Yeah, that happened last year. No, but I thought they have a pay-per-view or something coming up in England now. So. No, I could check, but I don't... I'm, I see. I can't keep track of nothing. I know they have a pay-per-view. On the death of this podcast. On the fourth. I'll get me a host to watch this one wrestle so we can talk. Or a host or co-host or whatever you want to call it. But, but. Yeah, they have one in the, uh, 2023. What's, what's it called? Just AEW. They have no name for it. Well, I'm pretty sure they have one. But... uh. 2023 is not that far away now. That's it. And Shayna Baszler versus oh Liv Morgan for the for the women's championship title. Oh, they might put Shayna over. Huh? You think so? Oh, I don't know. She's pretty big, scary. Then have her versus Ronda in the future. Ah, maybe MMA. That'd be cool. But all right, let's get on to that. What's in the box, man? Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and and again, it should hopefully be the last week. You just gotta look at my mug. Uh, hopefully, a, a little bit of a maybe more handsome individual sitting over there next <laughs> to me. I don't know. I know he said he was down. Um, I just gotta go see the deal and uh, get pick up the game of the show, and we do some other things. And all right. So if you could go back and become any other supernatural character other than a vampire, what would you be? And this is from Crystal. For who? From who? Crystal. Crystal, Miss Crystal, if I can go back, Gangrel, and be any other supernatural character, but not a vampire, what mm -hmm. would I be? Well, there wouldn't be a fairy. <laughs> God, uh, True Blood really threw me crazy with the fairy stuff towards the end of the season. Although I hear they got another spin off of True Blood coming, some more vampire stuff. Um, yeah, probably get you in there. Uh, about werewolves. Although werewolves are pretty cool, but I don't know. Um, supernatural. Definitely not a zombie. <laughs> Definitely not a zombie. Cannot stand zombies. But they're not even supernatural, are they? No. Nope. Well, supernatural. So, like, what about Doctor Strange, the guy that can do things with his minds and stuff? No. That's already the Undertaker. Like, that's Undertaker is not nothing. He's he does a, Undertaker. He's a dead guy. He's a zombie. He does supernatural. He's basically a zombie. Undertaker's no. a zombie. Not a zombie. Is it, he doesn't do things with his mind. What does he do with his mind? Makes the electric come from the sky. He's a zombie. That, that's a Is Undertaker a zombie or not? What is Undertaker really? Wow. What was his supernatural ability? He was an Undertaker. He buried people. He's a dead man he walking. He buried a lot. Dead man walking. What's that? A zombie. <laughs> he didn't have fangs, so he wasn't a vampire. I don't like this. Vampire would have been the undead. He's a zombie. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> there it is. Get mad, world, whatever. You, you want to get mad at me, whatever. <laughs> Raymond is obviously upset and going to lose some sleep over this tonight. But yeah, Undertaker is a zombie. Tell me what he is. I, I got to sit on this. I got to think about it. <laughs> think about it. Can't just say I it. would be a werewolf. Even though that's like my mortal enemy kind of, right? Is it the vampire's enemy? But I think a werewolf. A werewolf? 
Yeah, they're cool. They howl at the moon. They only got to scratch fleas when the moon's full. They're all right. So you would have to, you, you couldn't be clean faced. You'd have to grow everything oh, out. Oh, only on a full moon it would grow out and then it'd be gone. Yeah. You, you look normal and then, and then the hair grows in the moon and then it's gone the next day. So, thriller, basically. Just a thriller. Yeah, thriller. Michael Jackson's cool. Okay. I mean, what do you, what do you want me to be? Like some uh, ghost or something? What, like, no, you could have been like a, like a Frankenstein. No, oh, that's like not a... supernatural. Frankenstein was built together of the people's bodies. <laughs> kind of like Undertaker, probably. <laughs> All right, we got to get off this topic, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay, if Jacob Fatu debuted in the WWE right now, who would you set him up against? This is from Navy Derek. Uh, to set him up, uh, I'd have him beat, uh, have him beat Drew McIntyre, and then, then uh, Dang. to add to aim him to the feud Roman Reigns, but then, then, not quite win, but then bow down and acknowledge Roman, give you a whole match, and then stop right at the end and acknowledge him and piss people off, and then, and then, then give him one more person in the bloodline. That they, like, what? No, nothing. You don't think I'm, he's going to fight the bloodline? No, nah, it just seems like some favoritism in there. Wow, I like Jacob. <laughs> just putting up against Drew to beat him. Right, we'll have Undertaker come back. He can beat Undertaker. Hey, Undertaker's not coming back. <laughs> WrestleMania, Edge. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. I, I, Maybe he'll come back and run Judgment. Day. What about Bobby Lashley? Him against Bobby? That'd be good. Because Bobby had a good feud well, with Roman. I think he would have a better match with Roman Reigns, though. I mean, the match-wise, I think he'd have a really good match with Roman Reigns. Not Roman Reigns. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Seth Rollins. I'm sorry. Take that back. Seth Rollins, I meant. Him and Seth Rollins, I think, would have a good match. Him and uh, Matt Riddle would have a good match. I think they would match up. They would all look like uh, Either one of those two, I think they would have good, good chemistry together. I guess I said Bobby because of the Umanga feud that they had uh, with the Battle of the Billionaires. I don't know if you remember that. Battle of the Billionaires? Vince McMahon versus Trump. You don't remember that? Well, Trump's Trump's hiding low lately. Things are going on. I don't know what they did. They they done an FBI at his house and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it kind of hit home. Yeah, right here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you have any cool stories with the Hardys from back in the day? Anything funny or special? Um, this is from Alan Mock. Alan Mock. Um, Cool stories. The Hardy. I've already told the headbutt story with Michael yeah. Hayes a bunch of times. That was a book, but um, no man. Um, they're, they're just cool guys. Uh, Jeff was super laid back. Matt, Matt was more, uh, more intense and putting matches together. And Jeff was just kind of like, I want to watch the grass grow and chill. <laughs> <laughs> he would say that too. Um, no man. I, I don't know. They were uh, not that I can remember. Like. Every day was a cool day when you're with the Hardys, man. They're just they're just cool, you know. Um, they're cool dudes, Hardy cool, you know. It's a whole other cool level. Um, uh, I mean, I've told the headbutt story many times. I'm gonna tell that again. I go, hey, but no, I don't know, man. They were just did. Did they ever do any ribbing or get ribbed? No, no, no. They're easy going guys, man. They ain't mess around with nothing. No, Hardys just cool cats, man. Cool, laid back, good dudes. You, you kind of get that vibe from their characters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pretty every day was a good day. I, just, I don't remember any stories. Like, I, my memories were you shot out anyway. Were you there when they started? Because there's always a rumor like they started before they were, when they were under 18 and they lied about their age. 
was there when they made their own gear. They was doing doing jobs and stuff like that, as, very much as much as I was too. You know, I, I didn't lie about my age, but um, I think I was eighteen when I started doing jobs there. I think I might have been seventeen when I did Georgia Championship Wrestling and Florida Championship Wrestling, but, but I was definitely eighteen when I did WWF at the time. But they were around. They came around. I had seen them as I was coming in and out throughout the years. We crossed paths and stuff like that. And um, they they made their own gear. They'd come in there. They were just good dudes, man. They're just cool. I mean, I love oh Champagne, their old buddy, old Champagne. Um, he just said it all to me. Not this uh, this morning. He liked something on uh, Twitter, but Champagne. Champagne's a cool cat, man. You if you follow the Hardys, man, you got to follow Champagne. He's, 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 he's a, a preacher now. Yeah, he used to be the Rock's <laughs> personal assistant, PA. Old huh? champagne, yeah. Like a real assistant back yeah, then? Yeah, well, yeah. Like when Rock was blowing up, he was working for him. And I don't know what happened. Had some kind of falling out. I think Rock fired him or something. But but um, champagne's cool shit too, though. <laughs> champagne. I was, uh, one time I was supposed to wrestle Marty, uh, old Marty uh, Champagne. And uh, I thought he was in the ring. And then I come to, the, my music came. I went out and I went to the ring. I didn't see champagne. I'm like, where the fuck champagne? Where the hell is champagne at? Uh, <laughs> Marty at, and then um, I guess they got mad at him in Gorilla or something and sent him home. Like so, <laughs> yeah, they, they sent Godfather out. He was trying wow. to sneak out the back door. They caught Godfather like leaving and say, "Hey!" <laughs> and then uh, next thing you know, I hear the whole train music or whatever, pimping and easy, whatever. The Godfather's music. I'm like, "What?" And they go, "Oh, the match changed. The match changed." Oh, Champagne got booted out of there for something. I don't know. But he's a good dude, man. Yeah, the Hardys are just good dudes. I, every day was a cool day with them. I don't have any cool. You like, guys just called the match in the ring. Right yeah, well, we wrestled each other so much, you know. It was like match A, B, and C or something. Pretty much, my 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 ass was getting ho trade in the corner, <laughs> like ah, you know. You, so you you get paid for just showing up. You don't have to wrestle to make money that night. Uh, I can't remember what the TV deals were. Everybody will tell you a different story, but uh, I don't think you got paid very much for TV. I think it was like fifty or hundred bucks. Yeah, paid on house shows. TV was to get yourself over, you know. Um, they gave you TV time. You wanted that TV time to get over, so you would be on house shows and stuff like that, you know. So they they yeah. do. If you're if you're coming to, if I was wrestling as Gangrel and you came in, they would pay you uh, probably three, I think it was like three hundred or five hundred to wrestle that night, and they'd cover your hotel and car. But we didn't get paid. I think we got a draw or something of very minimal. But TVs was for us to get ourselves over. So when we're on house shows, we draw at the house shows, you know. That's when the money come in. You get paid by you know the attendance and headcount at the house show. You know, I didn't know that. And the in the pay per views. Right. Okay. Can you please tell a ghost story? You've traveled the world, and I know you have a ton. It's been a while since you covered one, and this is Brian. Brian, yeah. I've steered away from the ghost stories. I haven't thought about any in a long time. Um, I, tons of ghost stories. I, I which one you really. Uh, would have told on here or not told on here. Um, it was one time since, since I'm going back to Ireland. I'll, I don't know if I've told this one about Ireland or not. Where uh, we were all we were traveling. I was traveling with a fellow named Big Pete, and uh, there was a guy that uh, uh, what was his name Lee, I think. He did the fake. He was like a fake Kane. They did tribute characters over uh, uh, in England at one point. They would do, they had this. These guys would do shows and they would do tributes, like you know, like they had the fake Undertaker, a fake Kane, a fake Gangrel. Uh, but but these guys were on this this trip. I believe it's for Oric, but we're in Ireland and um, we go to walk into uh, 
this whole this hotel like a bed and breakfast this irish place and uh, i stopped at the front door and i said i'm not going in there and i'm pretty sure it was big pete he said what's going on little buddy i said i don't want to go in there man this place is haunted it don't feel good he goes ought to be all right i'm pretty sure it was him uh we walk in there and right when you walk in the the front door there's this big old bible opened up i said oh i know there's a bible in here for no reason man this place has got to be in the lobby yeah right right at the front door when you walked in before you (laughs) even went into the hotel like in like a foyer like and i was like man it's got bad feeling i don't i don't want to be staying here and uh because i had been on tv and stuff before they were like oh there was like you could pick your rooms and uh they tried to give me the biggest room upstairs and when i opened the door to that room i was like no way no way am I staying in here. It, like, not that it looked weird or anything. I just had a bad feeling. Just like, it, it was really bad. So I actually went down at Big Pete, took this little tiny room, like a closet. Like, it's a closet. Literally, when you were laying, there was two beds in it. Like, literally, my hand could be touching him in that bed. You know, that's how close the beds were. That's how small mm-hmm. the room was. Your bags were, like, stacked at the end of one room or had to be in between the beds, you know. That's how small this room was. I said, can I stay with you in here? I, I was... <laughs> But I was not feeling this place at all. I was, I was sketched out. And uh, he's like, sure, little buddy. He's always cool like that. He's like, <laughs> they, so everybody goes out. Uh, they're out drinking. But I was uneasy. I walked around the, the, the hotel grounds, which it's, it, 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 there was people. They were doing an um, Irish dance stuff there. Um, uh, thing going on. People doing traditional Irish dancing, like whatever it's called. The, the, uh, the jig or whatever. They were dancing. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it was dancing, whatever. But whatever, I looked in the window, but I was just like, oh, man, it's dark, getting dark. And so I didn't go back to the room. Like, I, I was sketched out. I, the whole place had me sketched out. And uh, I go in the room, and then uh, I'm laying in the room, like, and I'm seeing, like, orbs, you know, like, like out over the, through the window and stuff. And I'm seeing these things thinking, man, it's just my imagination. You know, I've got myself worked up here. And then Pete comes in. He goes, where'd you go? I said, oh, I just want to go to bed. And he lays down. And then... um he asked me if I'm all right. I go, I'm all right, man. I just don't feel good here. He is, I feel uneasy here. And then I could still see like these orbs. And you know, I was just sitting there in the blanket and I couldn't go to sleep. And he stopped time. He started snoring. He's a big He's like 6'8 or something. He's giant and a um, big 300 something pound dude. And um, you hear this god awful scream. Ah! And you're like, what the hell? So he sits up and uh, it was in a room above us the room they tried to give me and that, the, the uh, Lee took it the, the fake uh, cane dude he took the room and um, next thing you know you hear it banging on our door boom 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 and um, we open the door and it, it, Lee's this really skinny guy really white you know but he, he's in this Fruit of Loom underwear holding a bible standing there can I sleep with you guys can I come in <laughs> like what did you see up there he didn't want to talk about it didn't say what he saw up there but he was terrified in that room in that room and uh, he, he came in and slept on the floor in between the beds. And uh, it was a long night. You could hear noises and stuff. Like, that uh, place was horribly haunted, man. And, and this uh, is in Ireland? It was in Ireland, yeah. It was in Ireland. And um, I get to go back to Ireland on the, the 29th and the 30th, the Halloween season. But it was in one of these little country towns off the... Who knows what they did. It's probably some war with Irish and the English or the <laughs> French or something where they tortured people there. I have no idea, but... But I knew that place. Before I ever even walked in there, I knew I had a bad feeling. And then when I walked in and saw the big Bible, I go, oh, no. Then when they tried to give me that one room that he stayed in, who apparently some bad shit went down because he come running down to stay with us. And never even ever said what he saw in there. I don't know what he's seen or what went on in there. But 
I just know that that place was like horribly haunted, you know. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I, uh, I should have wrote like, you know, uh, Al okay. Snow and uh, Cactus Jack, Mankind, or whatever y'all know them as, Do Love. or They were like diaries? Uh, yeah, they would write every day where they would stay and what they do. I wish I did that because my memory is so bad now from all the concussions and different things. Uh, I, sometimes I go in there and I... I feel like I cheat you of the whole story and stuff like that. I would love to give you like the, the place and the time and you know be so in depth about it. But uh, probably make my life a whole lot easier if I knew I was going to be trying to do a podcast and stuff <laughs> like that. But um, uh, hopefully I'll get it all. You know, I could talk to somebody when I put some a book together at some point and get all that down. But yeah, hopefully that was ghost story enough for you there. But um, what else we got here before I run off to go teach that old wrestling school? All right, here's another one. I'm a huge fan of Lex Luger, and my opinion is, um, and in my opinion, I think it was a mistake trying to make him the quote-unquote new Hulk Hogan. What do you think failed in that, and do you have any personal stories with Lex Luger? Uh, this is from Adam Stars. I didn't know they tried to make him the, the new Hulk Hogan. Is that when he did the Lex Express and they drove him around on the bus? Yeah, I guess Mr. That? USA. Is that, right? is that when they were making him the new Hulk Hogan? Um, no, I wrestled Lex Luger uh, lots when I was younger. Just um, really? yeah, yeah. Just in um, him and Davy Boy were a tag team. I, I wrestled them a few times. Uh, wrestled Lex in a singles match, um, but this is just me uh, uh, as like a enhancement. You know, like a come in there and he'd bump you a few times and torture Raggy. You know, but um, he was always cool, nice, and uh, he was cool, nice to me, and. Um, I don't know if he's known to be the greatest worker, but he had a great body. He looked great. And, um, uh, you know, you'd hear a lot of guys say this or this or that about him or, or stuff. But he was never like that with me. Um, but then again, he had no reason to be like that with me. I was going to do anything he wanted and try to make him look good the best I could. And then uh, I've seen him later. You know, he's a, he's a Christian now. And I believe he's in and out of a wheelchair, mostly in a wheelchair. But he seems to have a great outlook on life. And it um, seems to be, you know, he's went through some stuff, man. But... All that uh, Elizabeth and all the things dying and all that stuff that went down. And I mean, we all got our paths and we all make choices and we got to live with, with our choices and answer to the consequences. And he has, and he's come out the other end, a better person for everything. And uh, man, I just want to send positive vibes and prayers out for him. And But he was always cool to me. He was really good to me. Yeah. Good. One more question. One more question. One more. All right. Do you have any Virgil stories? Any who? Virgil stories. Oh, Virgil. <laughs> I don't see many interviews or stories about him, but I find him inter I find him interesting. I wanted to know if he ever worked the territories before his WWF career. From Gavin T three. Uh Gavin T three. I'm not sure what Virgil did. I'm sure he did something. I mean, <laughs> I should just ask Virgil. I'm sure he answered you. Uh I I've been around Virgil a lot after uh Things like on signings after WWE, uh, after his runs, after my runs. Um, just he's uh, he's a little different, but he's super nice to me. Um, I don't have any negative Virgil stories, or, or uh, I think I think he does things that I don't know if he does it on purpose or, or if he just just does some bizarre things. But I've never seen it myself, so um, I can't really can't really say or, or put him down or. Or put him over or anything like that. I could just tell you that we're always cool. He'd always be like, "What's up, G?" Or uh, he might call me Dave. I'm not sure if he calls me Gang Girl or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, but he but he always says hello. Comes up and says hello. He's cool. Um, 
But I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of Virgil stories out there, but I don't have any. So I'm sorry to let you down, man, Mr. Gavin, but that's about it. That's what I got. I mean, I, I seen one thing Virgil did, but I'm not going to repeat that. Like, like, I don't know. Um, you might go to jail. Um, gosh, I don't have any Virgil stories. I didn't have any Hardy stories, man. A bit, bit of a letdown, but. but I mean, uh, it just comes to you at the. It comes to you at the right time. What does? Your stories. Like organic. Usually, yeah, when I'm drinking or something. I don't drink that much anymore. You know, drink coffee. Podcast is it? Well, it's a little later today. It's one one twenty seven in the evening, but uh, afternoon. But usually we're doing it early in the mornings, and I, I don't know. Maybe Kid Cadet. She drank once in a while. She drank one time. He brought me in something. We put him in the chalices here. But um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Uh, shoot, uh, things going on. Uh, check out Kumatai Kumate. How do you say? It? I have no idea. We didn't even blood sport, man. Whatever it is, blood sport. I think it's called Kumatai. Yeah, this Saturday. I think Kumata. Well, it's whatever. It's August 20th, this Saturday at CCW. Uh, you can find it. Go on their page, Coastal Championship Wrestling. Go there, check it out. It's almost sold out. I'm sure, though, you can probably force your way in there. Standing room <laughs> only. If it's it's really like a that kind of blood sport environment, I'm sure the walls could be lined with people and, and there could be, you know, sweat, tears, and blood, whatever, flying with some karate kicks and kimpo or whatever's going kimpo. on. Taibo, I don't know. <laughs> like, whatever's going to go on there. It's no, no ropes. Just a steel cage on a ring. That's a brewery? And everything stipulation. No, no, no. It's at the school. This is at the school. Oh, okay. This is at the school. The brewery will be September what? 4th, the 3rd. The 3rd is be the brewery. That'll be another bash. I think I take on Ariel Levy, the CCW champion. Uh, oh, he's a CCW champion. He's their champion now. And, 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 and then so... And he, he's a, he's he's a bad he's a, he's a jerk now, so gotta be a little worried about him coming on here. Like I don't know how he's gonna act. I mean, I'm sure he'll be all right. If a fight breaks out in here, if a fight break, it won't break out. You never and know. I'll take that championship now. <laughs> 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 no, no. So uh, let's see what happens there. Uh, hopefully, no 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 fights will break out in here. We'll hopefully, it'll be in here before that, that actually happens. So that will be some interesting chemistry and in how this goes down. But um, I'm sure we'll be fine. Keep it on a professional level. And um, I want to thank everybody for joining. Was it episode 57 of Fang and the Bang Gang Girl? Yes. Sorry you had to suffer through just me alone again, but those days are coming to an end. And uh, and it was, we're going to start getting out there doing some cool things and stuff like that, too. And, uh, maybe get out to some other different restaurants. Maybe so, not so much drinking like with Billy Fives at the top. That was like <laughs> unorganized uh, chaos there. Um, uh, well, I get, or organized chaos, I guess. I don't know. But I'm um, looking forward to it. Want some? Get some. Bad enough? Take some. Catch you on the flip side. Ah.